Welcome to Living Love, the radio broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Benton, Illinois. Our desire is to live love to God, to others, and the nations. We hope this week's broadcast will bless and encourage you. Now, let's dive into God's Word and see how we can live love today. A few years ago, I went to Disney World for the first time. Disney World is where credit cards go to die. Um, or maybe to be um, cut off. Because you know, one, it, it, was, it was a sweet time. It was my um, Brandy's parents, my, my in-law's 40th anniversary, and we went with them just to have a great week as a family. And um, throughout the week, I found myself doing something over and over and over again. I found myself counting to four constantly. All week long, I counted to four. I didn't go to five. Um, I didn't stop at three. I counted to four all week long. Kristen, Kirkland, Jeremiah, where's Brandy? Kristen, Kirkland, Jeremiah, where's Brandy? There were so many people there. There were people everywhere. And I knew that I did not want to lose those four people. Now, Brandy might have just been counting to three. (laughs) But I knew that if I lost the fourth person, I was really in trouble with the first three. And so I kept counting Kristen, Kirkland, Jeremiah, Brandy. Kristen, Kirkland, Jeremiah, Brandy. Not because Brandy's prone for getting lost. It's just I was afraid maybe she'd take the opportunity. Um, and, and, and I think one of the reasons I did that is because, you know, you don't want to get into a situation to where you, you can't find a kid. Um, I, I would think as a parent, not knowing where my child was could be a very desperate thing. And I didn't want to go through that kind of a desperate situation. But as I was thinking on that this week, I was reminded as I was in God's word that many of us experience desperate situations, situations that push us to the point of desperation. And in those desperate moments, we, we react in different ways. Well, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at two stories that intersect. And and really, um, they're both stories of desperation. And it's one story of desperation that's that's then interrupted by another story of desperation. And as we look at those stories today, I want us to be able to ask ourselves this this question, how should we handle desperate situations? When we find ourselves in a desperate moment, how, would, how should we respond to those? So if you have a Bible, and I hope that you do, turn with me to Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse number 21. And, and here's what I'm going to do. As you're turning there, let me kind of tell you the story, what's happening, and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of recap as we answer this question. Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 21, and here's the story. Once again, Jesus has gotten in a boat, and he's crossed to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And, and much, of, much of his ministry that, that Mark's talking about, he's just kind of hopping from one place to the next. He's always on the move. Remember, we're in the book of Mark, talking about how Jesus is always on the move. He, he's never going to just stay in one place, making sure the message is just for one people. He's always moving, always encountering new people. 
And, and as, he's, as, as he's once again crossing over the sea, he gets off of the boat and people were following him and this great crowd surrounds him. And as he is engaging with the crowd, a man comes up and as he's finally found him, this guy's name is Jairus. Jairus is an official in a synagogue and Jairus comes up to Jesus, finally finding Jesus, falls down on his face before Jesus and earnestly says to him, my daughter is at the point of death. She is so sick, she's about to die. Will you please come with me, lay your hands on her so she will be well. And so Jarius is operating under this um, presupposition that if he can just get Jesus into the same space as his daughter, then everything's gonna be fine. And, and Jesus consents. He looks at his, he, he looks at Jarius and says, absolutely, let's go. And as Jesus begins to go, the crowd is getting closer and closer. The crowd is, is coming, coming in tight to where there are people not just within arm's length of Jesus, but actually running into Jesus. And then all of a sudden Jesus stops. Mind you, Jarius is with him. And where are they going? They're going to see Jarius's sick daughter. Daughter who's at the point of death. And so as, as, as Jesus is walking with them, he stops. I believe Jairus is right there with him. And Jesus stops and he says something that just kind of baffles his disciples' minds. He says, hey, somebody just touched me. And their response is, yes, Jesus, a lot of people have just touched you. They're like, they're everywhere. And he said, no, I felt power go out of me. Somebody's just touched me. And he begins to press the crowd, kind of saying, who was it that just touched me? Well, a, a, a woman came, raised her hand. She said, it was me. I was the one that touched you. You see, for 12 years, I have had this unclean thing taking part of me. I've had this issue of blood and we don't know exactly what that was. We don't know if it had to do with her menstrual cycle. We don't know if it, if it was something else to where, where she was just bleeding constantly, but for 12 years she had been bleeding. And to understand the Jewish culture, culture if you had um, an issue of blood, you were an outcast, you were shunned, you were seen as unclean. For 12 years she had gone to doctors and physicians and people that could maybe heal her and nothing could be done, but she'd heard about this guy named Jesus. And so she thought in her head, if I just touch his robe, then I'll be okay. And that's what she does. And Jesus knows that it's happened and he stops and he looks at her and she says, yeah, it was me. And she tells him the story and Jesus looks at her and says, hey, your faith has made you well. And as he's talking to her, some of Jairus' friends come and find him because they knew that he was looking for Jesus and they give him devastating news. They say, hey, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. And Jesus overhears this conversation and he says, he, he looks at Jairus and he says, do not fear, only believe. Let's go to your daughter they get to the house. There are people outside that are wailing and weeping. Some of them might have been professional wailers and weepers that were there. And Jesus looks at the situation. He says, no, she's not dead. She's only sleeping. And they begin to mock him for his words. Jesus grabs Jarius and Mrs. Jarius, because we don't know her name. 
And he grabs the disciples that are with him and he says, hey, let's go up and see your daughter. And as he goes up and he sees the daughter laying there, he talks to her and says, little girl, get up. And she gets up. And then Jesus looks at the father and the mother and he says, hey, don't tell anybody about this. But just give her something to eat. And we see she wasn't just a little girl, she was a 12-year-old girl. Two desperate situations. When we find ourselves in a desperate situation, how should we respond to those things? I think one of the things that we see first and foremost from this passage is when you find yourself in a desperation, what did both of these people do? They went and found Jesus. They ran to Jesus. When they'd heard about him, they ran to Jesus. Now, for 12 years, the woman had been dealing with this issue of blood, but understand, until that moment, Jesus wasn't on the scene. Jairus had suddenly had this situation come up to where his daughter had gotten very sick and she was at the point of death. And so what did he do as she was about to die? He'd heard about this guy named Jesus and he had to go find him. Church, before you do anything in your moment of desperation, go to Jesus. Run to him. Run to him not just because because he's a fixer. No, you run to him because he is faithful. He is faithful to walk with you. He is faithful to stay with you. He is faithful to be with you because he is God. Before you run to another person, before you run to your mama on the phone, before you sit down and talk with your spouse, before you call 1-800-I-NEED-HELP. I don't even know if that's a... Don't try it right now. Wait till after the service, then you can try phoning. It might be real. Before you do any of those things, run to Jesus. Which kind of a a pre-understanding, you you have to know Jesus if you're going to run to Jesus. But if you find yourself in a desperate situation, run to Jesus. That's exactly what they did. Especially Jairus, in verse number 22. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by his name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet. And the reason why he fell at Jesus' feet is because he was looking for him. Because he knew he needed him. If you find yourself in a desperate situation, go to Jesus first. And then when you come to Jesus, make your hurts known to him. Let him know what's going on in your heart. As Jairus fell down at the feet of Jesus, said he implored him earnestly. He begged Jesus. My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. You see, I think this is something that we miss out on because we know many times in the church, if you're a good church person, you know that God knows the things that are going on in your life. Do we agree with that? Do you believe that a sovereign God knows exactly what's going on in your life? Absolutely. Not only does he know what's going on in your life, he knows, not only does he know the things that you know about what's going on in your life, he knows about the things that you don't know that's going on in your life. But I think where we mess up is that we, we default to the point to where, well, God knows I don't need to talk to him about it. But that's not how God works. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. By prayer and supplication, or by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God 
If you're a follower of God, he is, you are in a relationship with him. And the, the foundation to a good relationship is going to be communication. God wants you to talk to him, but don't forget, God also wants you to listen to him. Let your hurts be known to God, even though he already knows your situation. Jairus walked up to Jesus. Did, did Jesus already know what was going on in Jairus' life? I believe he did. I believe, believe as soon as he saw Jairus, he knew exactly what was taking place in his life. But Jairus earnestly fell, he fell down on his face, earnestly imploring of Jesus, you have to come with me. You have to lay your hands on my daughter. And Jesus said, let's go. We handle desperate, desperate situa situations best when we first run to Jesus and then make our hurts and our pleas known to him. But what follows, I think, is important. See, the step after that is as we let our requests be known to the Lord, we then have to trust that his plan is best. That doesn't feel good, does it? That's hard. It's one thing to come to Jesus and say, hey, here, here's what I have going on. Will you fix this or will you deal with this? It is doubly difficult, though, when we take it one step further and go, but God, your will be done. I want to trust in your plan. Because here's what's happened. As, as they begin to walk, it's said there at the end of verse number 24, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And then there was a woman who had this issue of blood. She pressed into him. She touched his robe. And as Jarius is walking with Jesus, hopefully hurriedly so. You ever, you ever ask somebody, like, you ever ask somebody to come do something with you and you're like, and they're not nearly as in the hurry as you are? It's like, no, no, we need to have a sense of urgency here. You know, one, one thing we'd say in the, you know, in the military, it's like move with a purpose, right? Don't just move, move like, you're, like you need to get somewhere. Don't just walk, you need to range walk. You know, as you're getting down the, as you're walking down the range, like, like walk like you're trying to get somewhere. And as Jairus is walking with Jesus, Jesus doesn't just, he's not just tearing, and I don't believe he was, he was tearing, but all of a sudden he stops. And I can only imagine what's going on in Jairus' mind. Why are you stopping? I just told you that my daughter's dying. But Jesus stops. Jesus interacts with this woman who's been made well, but there's a, there's a lesson that needs to be learned by the crowd. See, Jesus could have just let it go, but he didn't need to let it go. Had the woman received what she was looking for? Absolutely. But the crowd needed to know that she had. She had reached out, she had touched him. She had been made well, Jesus stops. Hey, power just went out of me because someone touched me. Disciples are like, maybe you're a little tired because everybody's reaching out and touching you. He said, no, something specific has happened. She says, no, it was me. And Jesus didn't say, hey, good job, way to follow the plan to getting better. No, he looks at her and says, your faith has made you well. That was part of his plan and church, when we come to Jesus with a desperate situation, we have to trust his plan is better than our plan. Because we must believe that he knows better than we know. And I acknowledge, because this has happened in my own life, there are times that God's plan did not pan out the way that I wanted it to. And to be honest, 
here in November of 2022 in some of those situations, I still don't know why they went the way they did. But I have to believe that his plan was best. Because he is God. When we come to Jesus with a desperate situation, we run to Jesus, we make our hurts, our pleas known to him, and we must trust in his plan. And in doing so, one of the reasons why, that we have to trust in his plan is because we, we have to understand that it's just not all about us. There is a big 30,000 foot view of the world and only Jesus can see that view. And in doing so, we acknowledge that there are other people who are desperate too. And the beauty of it all is that even though there are people who are desperate while we are desperate, God is big enough to handle them all. There is not a limit to God's faithfulness. There is not a cap to his healing. There are not only so many people that he can handle at one time. No, he is God. And so in a room of 120 to 140 people, every single person in here at this very moment can be desperate and run to God and make our pleas known to him. And he can handle and accommodate every single one. He can handle every single prayer. He can handle every single hurt. He can handle every single concern. God never reaches a limit and so don't let yourself get into a situation to where you do look at someone to the left and go, I think they're going through a lot more than I'm going through, so I'm going to keep my prayers to myself. No, lift your prayers up to heaven. He can handle it. But while you do so, also realize there is somebody beside you who also might be desperate. When you find yourself in a desperate situ situation, acknowledge that other people are desperate too. And God is big enough to handle them all. Because honestly, it's sometimes in our most desperate of times when we realize that someone beside us is desperate also that those two people are able to encounter Jesus in a mighty way together. See, I think that Jarius would have been encouraged, even though concerned with the situation around him, Maybe concerned with the timeliness of Jesus as he moves. As Jarius is standing there, maybe tapping his foot on the ground, looking at his, his Apple watch on occasion, getting notifications. One thing he did observe is he observed Jesus stop. He heard Jesus' words. And then he heard the woman's testimony. That something she had struggled with for 12 years was now no more. And to that Jewish culture, having an issue of blood for 12 years, having been shunned from the community in which she lived, she might as well have been dead. Jesus didn't just heal her physically. He didn't just take care of an ailment she was struggling with. No, he gave her life. He gave her everlasting life. And Jarius saw that. He was encouraged, I believe, by what he had just seen. And then he received the devastating news. It was in that moment that his friends walked up. 
Verse 35, while he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And I love Jesus's response. Overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. See, church, if we're going to trust in Jesus during desperate situations, if we're going to run to him, make our prayers and petitions known to him, trust in his plan while acknowledging that people around us are also struggling in desperate situations, we believe even in the unbelievable. Because if you're desperate, you need something unbelievable to happen. And he did that very thing. Jesus allowed no one else to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Verse 38, they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. They laughed at him. They laughed at Jesus. And he didn't He didn't chastise them. He didn't verbally whip them. Instead, he put them all outside, took the child's father and mother, and taking the little child by the hand said, little girl, I say to you, get up. And she did. See, church, if you're in a desperate situation, if you go to Jesus and you let him know what's going on in your life, trusting in his plan, acknowledging that the world is filled with desperate situations, You're going to him because you believe in the unbelievable. I just want to encourage you this morning, as you believe in the unbelievable, believe in it and that Jesus will do things that are unbelievable that you might not see as unbelievable at the time. But know this about Jesus. See, because I think sometimes when we go to Jesus with an unbelievable situation, We're expecting an outcome that's going to fix our unbelievable situation. But know this, Jesus fixes unbelievable situations that you can't even see. And here's what the world is deeply in trouble with. The world is looking at many unbelievable situations, desperate situations that they are struggling with, but it is not the most desperate situation that they are in. See, the world will go to a God with ailments. They'll go to the God with relationship issues. They'll go to God with with temporary issues, but God doesn't just deal with temporary issues. No, he is concerned with eternal matters. And that's the greatest thing that God could ever satisfy. Pastor John said it just a little bit ago. And for some of you, you probably disagreed with what he said. But for many, the, the longer you live, the more you begin to yearn for heaven. But if we're all to be honest, there are some of us in here that the longer you live, the more you try to delay heaven. And that's okay. <laughs> it's okay to be concerned with the people in which you're, which you're surrounded by. Heaven is a very uncertain thing. Even believing in a certain God, there's still uncertainty in it. But that's why we believe in the unbelievable. Because the world is going to tell us there is nothing after this life. But God says, no, I believe and tell you otherwise. There is not just more after this life. There is everlasting peace and healing after this life. Because the thing that desperate people need the most is not for their temporary situation to be satisfied. 
No, the, the thing desperate people need the most is know that there is eternal hope and glory in Christ. That's what, that's what we need more than anything. Because here's the truth of the matter. We will all experience heartache. Are we, we okay agreeing with that? If you haven't experienced heartache, you just haven't lived long enough. We're all going to experience difficult days in desperate situations. And I don't know what the outcome of those are going to be. But here's what I do know. Even when the outcomes don't go the way that we want them to, God is always the same. And he is always faithful. God is always sovereign. And in the life of a believer, he is always present. Let, let me address a, a danger, a concern I have this morning with, with what we're talking about here. My concern is that some people will walk away and they find themselves in two different camps. Here, here's, here's one camp. And, we're, and we're, we're, we're wrapping up. I believe there's a group of people who will continue in their faithfulness as long as you get the desired outcome, your desired outcome. And, and could I throw caution into your life? You will have desperate situations in your life end in an unfavorable outcome. But that doesn't mean that God is no longer God. You don't want to have a faithfulness that is conditional. You want to have a faithfulness that believes in the unconditional. And the unconditional you need to believe in is that God has an unconditional love for you. I don't want you to leave this morning say, I will believe as long as things go my way. No, I, I would love for us to be a people that believed even though things don't always go our way. There's another group that I'm a little concerned with also. I believe there are people here today that you've already experienced a desperate situation that didn't end the way you hoped it would. And you're blaming yourself as if you didn't have enough faith. Don't do that. When things, when things don't go right in your life, when your desperate situation maybe even ends in tragedy, don't you got to be careful that you don't start doing the, if only I'd prayed more, if only I'd had more faith, if only I'd done this, if only I'd done that. Because in doing so, what we're not doing is we're, we're forgetting that God's plan is bigger and much different often than ours. Not to go dark all of a sudden, but knowing that we live in 2022 and there's no one walking around that's 2,000 years old. You know, there reached a day that where that little girl probably grew up to be a, a woman. And eventually, she died. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of Lazarus. Lazarus come forth. 
And the vision I have in my head is Lazarus comes hopping out of the tomb because he's still wrapped up in all the linens. Lazarus was risen, raised from the dead, but you know what eventually happened to Lazarus? He died. This world is all about sudden ends. But if you believe in Jesus, there's nothing sudden about it. <laughs> it is just a continuance of what is to come. So just because your desperate situation didn't turn out the way that you think it did, don't play the blame game. I would just encourage you to continue to trust in Jesus. And do so with a body of believers, not on your own. Anybody be willing to say they've been in a desperate situation before? Absolutely. And for those that didn't raise their hand, you're just trying not to participate. But in your heart, you probably are. We're all going to face desperate situations. Run to Jesus. Let him know what's going on in your life and in your heart. Trust in his plan. Be encouraged that he is ministering to desperate people while he is ministering to you. And believe in the unbelievable, the greatest thing of which is that God saves dead people from eternal separation. And that's the greatest healing we could ever experience. Church, be encouraged with these words. Run to Jesus. Let's pray. Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of Living Love. If this message has impacted you in any way, please let us know. If you would like to contact us, find out more about our church, or if you'd like to support our mission, visit ibcbenton.com. That's ibcbenton.com. Or give us a call at 618 618- 439-3513. That's 618-439-3513.